Hi, Siobhan here. Just wanted to warn you that this episode does include some graphic details about birth injury. So if that's not your cup of tea, you may want to skip this one. Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Historically, childbirth was the biggest physical danger a woman could face. It still is in many third world countries. With advances in medicine, first world countries, including Australia, have come a long way. But that doesn't mean that all women get through labour unscathed. Unfortunately, for many who have a traumatic labour, the repercussions can be physical and emotional. Amy Dawes is the founder of the Australasian Birth Trauma Association. She's here with us now. Hi, Amy. How are you? Thank you for having me. Why did you start this organisation? Um, It was after the birth of my first child. Uh, That was in December 2013. And like so many women, I thought that if I did all the right things in preparation for birth, that I would just breathe my baby out. Um, (laughs) I did a calm birth course, which was fantastic. Um, And then the baby didn't get the memo. And it was really painful. And, um, And... I really was quite adamant that I wanted a vaginal birth and things just didn't go to plan and I ended up with a forceps delivery. And at the time I was told I had a third degree tear and I think when you're sort of preparing for birth you hear about perennial tears but you maybe don't necessarily know the impact that they can have on your life. Um, and I was uncomfortable for quite some time afterwards. Um, and it's only on reflection, because you, you, you block it out because you love your baby. But uh, Or I was lucky to bond with her quite quickly. Some women don't. Um, but uh, I had to be wheeled out in a wheelchair at about five days postpartum. And you just, you don't really know. You think, well, maybe this is what childbirth is. And everybody's telling you that you've done a great job. Um, And I actually didn't really feel the full impact of my birth trauma until I was 16 months postpartum. And for me, um, it was when I went on to prolapse. Um, So for those of you that don't know what a prolapse is, um, we have pelvic floor muscle that holds our bladder, uh, bowel, uterus in place. And if that muscle is damaged um, or weakened, those organs can sit where they're not supposed to. And for me, I knew something wasn't right. I made an appointment with a pelvic physio straight away. And and that is literally when the bottom fell from my world because um, I had had fecal incontinence in the early days, but I just, I was just blown away by, well, what is this? And, uh, and like so many women now that we're supporting um, through ABTA, Australasian Birth Trauma Association, it is just this, how could I not know that this could happen to me? And I actually remember getting home from that particular appointment and Googling physical birth trauma and nothing coming up. So I thought, wow, I'm a freak. I must be the only one. And as I was learning to adapt to my new life with modifications, um, such as using a splint or otherwise known as a pessary to hold my organs in place, um, I I just, I, I was kind of falling to pieces. But within that falling to pieces, I'm sort of someone that likes to, to look for information. And I came across the work of one of my co-founders, Elizabeth Skinner, who's been a midwife for 23 years. Um, And she was doing a PhD on the psychological consequences of physical trauma. And I thought, I want to help. And and she went to the UK. There's a birth trauma association there. And she came back and she said, we need a birth trauma association here in Australia. And I thought, I'll make that happen. 
There's so many questions just from that one yeah. story that I have. Um, see, what surprises me about that story is the lack of follow through after you left having baby, having a baby because you mm. had your baby in a hospital. Yes, right? yeah, that's right. There are doctors there. Mm. Um, someone delivered your baby. Somebody mm. saw the damage that caused your body. Mm. It obviously wasn't something that was going to self-correct. Mm. Why wasn't there a longer conversation at yeah. that point? Well, I was on a midwifery-led care. Um, I, I was doing a, um, what's the, uh, what's it called? Midwifery group practice. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> midwifery group practice. So um, I had a follow-up with her. But I think in those early days in the postpartum period, it, the focus is very much on the baby. And I think we need health professionals to actually uh, pick up on those red flags. For me, my red flag was on my discharge notes, which was the forceps delivery. We know that women that have forceps delivery experience, I think it's one in two women, um, will sustain significant pelvic floor muscle trauma if they have forceps. So a GP, we would like to ask the questions how are you feeling? Like, if your baby's okay, but how are you? And we encourage all health professionals to ask that question because it seems um, from since we launched and the, the feedback that we're getting from the women that we support, that question's just not being asked enough. And if women, there's obviously lots of women that suffer in silence. That's why I speak out so openly about it. But those women that have been brave enough to go to a GP or go back to their midwife or go back to their obstetrician, they're quite often dismissed. What do you expect? You had a baby. And that can be incredibly um, confronting when you're seeking help and you are actually dismissed. Particularly when that help is, um, what you're asking help for is so mm. significant. Mm. Like you were talking about fecal incontinence. Mm. You were, you're talking about prolapse where your mm. organs are falling through your body. I feel like in any other situation apart from childbirth, if you were to present with those sorts of problems, you would be given help immediately. Yeah. I, you would be taken seriously. And yes. I, I know this is a massive generalization, but if men had some kind of issue that was, was their penis, <laughs> I think we would all know that that would be fixed. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's incredibly confronting and, and women are silenced because they're and and I think also it's really important to mention that there is actually a lack of awareness about um, pelvic floor muscle damage. Um, when we look at the statistics on our website, the um, traffic that we get through our website, we know that pelvic floor muscle damage is is an area that people are looking for information about because a levator avulsion, which is where the pelvic floor muscle can be detached from the bone, um, the, you know, obstetricians aren't taught about that. Uh, midwives aren't taught about that. Our health, uh, GPs, there's, you know, not to say that none of them know anything about it, but there is a complete lack of awareness about it. Um, and I also think because for so long, people haven't spoken out about it, there is also a complete lack of awareness from our mental health professionals to actually understand the psychological impact of physical trauma. Because I, I would I could say, for example, a perennial tear, third and fourth degree, they're really significant. And for some women, um, they can lead to fistulas. And as you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, in third world countries, it's still quite risky. I, I support particular women that suspected she had a fistula after the birth of her first child. And she went to a GP and the GP said, we don't get fistulas in this country. I have about, on average, one woman a month contacting me with that level of damage. Wow. And those are life-altering 
um, there's a life-altering impact of that kind of damage. Yeah. So if you don't know what a fistula is, it's where the bladder tears, is that right? No, it's actually where your anus and your vagina has come, like there's no skin in between. Yes, that's right. And so So, that leads to a lot of incontinence and a lot of problems associated there. Um, You're talking about um, physical trauma, but birth trauma includes... Emotional, psychological trauma, yeah. right? What? So how? Because you couldn't talk to someone, and they're like, "Oh, so and so says they've had birth trauma, but you know, mm. they're healthy. The baby's healthy. There's been no damage. Mm. You know, they've they're fine." Mm. How do you define birth trauma? Um, well, birth trauma is we say it's in the eye of the beholder. So for one person, what could look like a really straightforward birth can actually cause great distress to another person. So um, we support women that have had a range of complications, and that could be um, an emergency caesarean. Uh, That could be just feeling completely um, disempowered by their medical professionals, uh, baby loss. There's a range of facets that fall into birth trauma. And I think we're starting to see it as a little bit, you know, there's a bit of traction coming around, coming out around birth trauma. And people are saying PTSD, that postpartum PTSD. Um, That's not just birth trauma. It has so many faces. Um, You could have a traumatic birth and the result of that traumatic birth could lead to PND or a range of other mental health problems. So there's no one specific term that encompasses the whole of birth trauma because there are so many facets to it. Is there a way, given that it's multi-layered, that a woman can identify if she's been traumatised by her birth experience? Mm. It's not so much um, the identification. I mean, perhaps with physical injury, you may identify it at the time. You just know. Uh, generally, I had an amazing physiotherapist say this to me, that if you feel like you've been hit by a bus after giving birth and you are struggling to walk for a few weeks afterwards, that's usually quite a significant indication that something is not right. And my advice would be, would be to see a pelvic physio, not just the physio that you have in the hospital maybe afterwards, but actually go and see a pelvic physio. Um, in terms of psychological trauma, there's just there may be some indicators, um, nightmares, flashbacks, um, trouble bonding with the baby, um, you know, feeling really angry. Just can it affect your relationship with your partner? Absolutely. This is it's a, it's another component. So we've got our first um, birth trauma conference coming up in August, and we really want to touch upon how birth trauma isn't just about the mother but it really impacts the lives of the mother because you know that that expression well you've got a healthy baby women are told this so often but nobody it's like you're so valuable when you're pregnant and (laughs) then suddenly you give birth and it's just you're a vessel like you don't matter um the long-term effect on partners I think it's something like um I read this stat just recently that if um the mum has postnatal depression the partner's 50 times more likely to also experience postnatal depression um there's it's going to affect your relationship and it's going to potentially affect bonding with baby I do feel lucky that I didn't find out about my injuries uh when I was early on postpartum because I was really tightly bonded with my daughter by then 
But interestingly, when I went on to have my second, I had postnatal depression diagnosis very quickly because I was so anxious about my symptoms and things getting worse. Um, So, you know, it's interesting because we do so much preparation for birth. We don't do any preparation for all the changes that you go through when you become a mother. And I feel like it would be so useful if we could just see a little bit more focus on that transition because you change as a person regardless. You are you, you become a new person. And I know that's a bit of a cliche, but I really feel that that is the case. But then you throw birth trauma into the mix and it creates more layers. And that people need to work on their relationships. It's really important and communication is key. But sometimes it's really difficult to talk about this stuff. You'd think though, I mean, sometimes I think it's harder for the partner to watch you go through labor. So mm. you kind of feel like maybe if anyone's going to understand mm. your um, the repercussions of birth trauma, it's yeah. going to be the partner that was hopefully there mm. in the process. It can actually be more traumatizing in a way because um, they actually, they see it all. Yes. So you've blurred out quite a lot of that stuff, but they've witnessed it. Um, but we, again, we hear a lot of stories about women, you know, expressing how they're feeling to their partners. Um, and I think it's also a little bit of a societal influence that women should just, you know, they have a baby two weeks later, they get, your partner's generally in many circumstances go back to work and then you're just left there and told just to live life as normal I'm like really big believer in the fourth trimester and nurturing the mother as well Um, and so there's this societal pressure to conform and too much expectation and I I feel that that can cause problems as well Mm. yeah what does the association do to help women heal, you meant you've mentioned a few times that you will support women. What does that support look like? Well, we support women and their families. So, when we first launched, um, we started just a small Facebook support group, and we've now that was in two, uh, September two thousand and seventeen. We now have eight hundred members, and I, I'm so proud of how supportive these women are of each other. And then, of um, August last year. We launched our peer-to-peer support program, which we have. We've had about forty volunteers come through. We call them mentors, um, and they offer peer support via live chat. And it's it's lived experience. So women that have been through the experience to shine a light, so others know that they're not alone. Because birth trauma can be very isolating. And the big thing is, is that mistrust maybe of your health professional. So we see ourselves as a bridge between um, where you're at and the kind of support you need will help advocate for you. And do you also help uh, women find the right person to help with their birth trauma? Because as you mentioned, there are there are ranges of education and mm. you can find a, a wonderful obstetrician who understands birth trauma and is right across everything mm. or a midwife or even a GP, mm. but you go to the wrong one and then it can feel like all the doors are closed to you. Oh, Have you yeah. been able to identify those people in yeah. the medical community that can really help? Yeah. So we have a referral network. It's not formalized yet, um, but we just, we, I think word of mouth is everything. So when we get good feedback from our women and we know that this person has, uh, this medical professional has really helped them, then they get added to um, our referral network. And we have a core base of really good health professionals. But again, I was chatting to another pelvic physio actually based in Sydney and 
And she was saying by the time some people get to her, they've spent thousands seeing gynecologists and obstetricians and perhaps not the right people for the support that they need. And they've wasted money and they've wasted time because... And 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 they're probably feeling very emotional. Yeah, quite defeated and really, um, yeah, like... I don't know if anyone's going to help me. And so we want, and with any, with mental um, trauma or psychological trauma, or physical trauma, we you, you need to take action in a timely manner because the longer you leave it, the harder it is um, and the worse your well-being um, may get. So, And how can people find you and get that wonderful support that you offer? Oh, thank you. Um, so we're, our website is birthtrauma.org.au. Um, and you can see a button there that says peer-to-peer support. At this stage, it's only um, available on Mondays, Fridays, 8 till 10 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Um, we're currently piloting also face-to-face support um, because you cannot take, you know, there's nothing better than actually seeing people in person. And I think such a big thing is, um, you know, I, as someone that experienced trauma firsthand, I kind of felt like the black sheep in my mother's group. I desperately wanted to share my story, but everyone seemed so okay that I almost felt like I couldn't. Plus, I was going to the hospital to get biofeedback for my fecal incontinence. So uh, the longer I didn't go to my mother's group, the harder it became. So we kind of, we formed mother's groups for people that get it. And you, there's no no information is too much information. I think providing a safe space to share your story is just so crucial. So important. And um, you mentioned you went on to have a second child. So your birth trauma didn't stop you having the family you wanted. Is that right? Yeah. Um. It, that's that's a good question. I uh, we was I wasn't ready to think about another child until my firstborn was two, and even then I think. It, no offense Indy if you ever listen to this one day but (laughs) I could have been happy with one child um but my partner really wanted to try for another and we did want to give Ellie um her big sister my my eldest uh younger sibling um and you know my advice for it's probably one of the biggest questions I get we get asked um which is having a baby after a traumatic birth and it really it you know don't rush these things you'll know when and if you're ready uh, and seeking really good support so making sure you've got a good support network of health professionals that can advise you be it psychological support be it seeing a pelvic physio any woman listening to this should see a pelvic physio during pregnancy and in the postpartum um, period because it could just be one visit and that is going to help you prepare either for birth or moving back into your active daily lifestyle after having a baby. That's great advice. Amy, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That was Amy Dawes. She's the founder of the Australasian Birth Trauma Association. For more info about them, head to our show notes. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.